What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the True Love Podcast. This week, I'm talking to one of my oldest friends in hardcore, an all-around hardcore lifer. Most of you know him from Singing in Terror. Scott also sang in some bands before, like Buried Alive and Despair, and that's something that we're going to be talking about as well. Other than that, this whole COVID situation comes up. How was an influence in Scott's life? And just in general, stories about life, stories about hardcore, stories about subculture. We've known each other for 25 years, so there's enough to talk about. All right, enjoy. Telemarketer. Did a podcast with Hoya the other day and I had one of those on that you have. My sound wasn't good, so his sound was great, but my sound wasn't good, so I decided to do this right here. I have a beautiful voice, so it's always clear. Yeah, it's true. So how's it going? What's up? Are, are we rolling right now? We're rolling right now. What's up? What's what's up in Cali? Are you guys are you guys locked down over there or what? Uh, I mean, I am, but uh, I just went to pick up some food from a uh, a diner, like uh, two minutes from my house. And I live in Burbank, so it's uh, it's Los Angeles, but it, you know, it's like a suburb or whatever. Yeah. And uh, they have the restaurant. I don't know if you can go in it, but people were eating outside of it. Yeah. And people people were rolling up to it without masks. So I, I can only speak for myself. I'm trying to stay away from everybody, which isn't really a problem for me because I don't really like being around people anyways. <laughs> and uh, just watching the world unfold, watching the madness. Yeah, right. I, I heard – I heard. how are you doing? I heard on uh, – I think on Richie's podcast that you were like uh, – you were saying you you had, you had COVID? Yeah, I had it bad, man, and it's still fucking with me, so. What is it doing? I, so, I was super sick all in my, uh, it never got into my lungs or my throat. We, we were on tour uh, in my early March when this stuff really started popping off. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last show was the 15th, no, the 14th. And I felt fine then, but you know, just think about the sing-alongs and the handshakes and the band, everything, like yeah. <laughs> everything with the hardcore is yeah. disgusting when you think about it. <laughs> um, and then uh, literally the day I flew home, like when I woke up to fly home, I had just like a stuffy nose, but I was just like, this is just the typical tour sickness that you just get. And I was really sick for two weeks uh it was all in my sinuses it never got into my lungs or anything yeah i had like a really bad uh head cold i guess i was just weak and had diarrhea <laughs> diarrhea and a fever yeah and uh towards the end of it my left ear plugged up like uh felt like i you know plugged the ear 
And uh, ever since I could give you a, we could spend an hour talking about everything that uh, basically now I'm going to a place called the house clinic. And uh, if you look at it, a lot of people say it's the best ear place in the whole world. It's just ear specialists. And they really don't know. I've had a surgery to like, if you know anything about ear, nose and throat, they're all connected. So they thought it was like a, a, a tube in here to open it up. I had a whole surgery that was kind of brutal. It didn't do anything. I have a tube in my ear now. It didn't, didn't do anything. So, like, all in all, I feel healthy. But my ear is plugged. And when you have maybe – I only know one, but I'd imagine both might be worse. You feel I, – I feel a little off balance all the time. Like, I took a hit of weed or took a shot of whiskey mm-hmm. for, like, four, four months. So, anyone that – has any opinions on these things just know that you know i'm 47 so i'm not young uh i got a gut so i'm a little overweight but you know i've been on tour for 20 years so i can usually fight off anything that comes my way yeah um cold wise you know flu wise this is the sickest i've ever been in my life and it it just it's really crazy what's going on with my ear and you know, I don't want to say that doctors take the easy way out, but a lot of them just tell. Because I've probably seen at this point eight different doctors now. Wow. All ear, nose, and throat for ear yeah. specialists. And I've, I've taken MRIs and um, CAT scans and sticking cameras in my fucking nose and my ear. And a lot of them are like, this This virus is so new, we don't really know. And I think from reading on the internet too, a lot of stuff with the ear is unknown. I guess for people that never really had any health problems, a lot of times doctors just don't know. You would think in this day and age, there's so many testing and so many fucking MRIs and cameras and all this shit that they would just figure it out. But a lot don't. So I think an ear is kind of a mystery in the first place. And then you add in this new virus mm-hmm. and yeah, it's been fucking crazy. I'm, I'm trying my very best to, uh, stay positive uh there's part of me some days that like looks at the world looks at the united states looks at all the racial tension going on politics and just wants to fucking i don't know what i want to do bad things to my you know i want to smash my head into a wall and go chop someone's head off but i'm just trying my best to uh stay pma bro you me, bro? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the concerning your uh, concerning the country, I think the rest of the world, at least what I can tell you from out here in Europe, people are kind of watching in in awe of what's unfolding over there. I mean, it's it's probably the biggest biggest place for the pandemic right now. Plus, this presidential debate the other night that was that that stuff doesn't happen besides in movies. It's so crazy. What the fuck? Uh, I don't, I don't, I've never seen- have you ever seen that movie, The, the Campaign, with Will Ferrell? <laughs> no, but I'm sure it's something watch, like that. <laughs> watch it. it it's, it's amazing. Just watch it. It's like, it, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I've, know, I've known you, Rob, since, well, 95? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like 25 years and or something. Obviously, I know you as always super political, and I'm not like Mr. Politics and stuff like that, but. Yeah. When I got neck, neck surgery in 2000 and 
I want to say it was 2016, right? When, when Trump was running for office, I think it was such a circus. And yeah. I, I had so much time to lay on the couch. I just got addicted to CNN. So I, I am at all, I'm not at all an expert, but since I would say 2016, I've been way more uh, observant and uh, interested. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to, I mean, and coming to Europe, Right off the bat, you realize that hardcore kids are much more political for, for, for gen, generalization. And also that lots of people, when you're this American that thinks you live in the best country in the world and you're, you're the shit, they laugh at you because they maybe know more than you that you don't live in the best country in the world. Or, and, you know, I'm not, mis- I'm not here to dog the U.S. too much, but, um, you know, that there's problems in the U.S. and uh you should probably acknowledge that instead of thinking you live in fucking the, the, per, the perfect paradise. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine what people are thinking looking at the U.S. and, I mean, just electing Donald Trump. When Donald Trump said he likes to grab females' pussies, like straight up on, ca- on camera or audio, I'm like, okay, there's no way this guy can win, but and I, I remember the, the day he won uh, the election, I went to, uh, I had to go to some sort of doctor's meeting, doctor's appointment. And uh, I just remember, I just like didn't want to leave my house. Like I didn't want to step outside my door and be like, okay, this is, this is the world now. And like literally, I guess it could be worse, but. Could it be? Like, I don't know. I don't know. What, what you do, I always wonder, what do you, what do you notice in day-to-day life over there? I mean, I've, in, in, in the time that he's been elected, I think I've been over there twice. And it was like, I don't know, once, well, at the beginning of this year when we did that, when we did that West Coast thing. And, uh, and I think I, I visited Patrick and Mitz at one point. But um, living there, I mean, do you know something day-to-day life is something different since he's been because i don't know i mean we obviously only out here we we don't notice what the day-to-day is over there under under his presidency but um we just notice the crazy shit he talks about uh i mean i live in los angeles so once in a while you'll see someone with like a trump sticker on their car um so I don't really have to deal with that. And I'm not really the type of person that would go confront someone for having their own Trump sticker. But um. I don't think here you notice. I think uh, maybe you can just tell in the back of everybody's heads where like, how the fuck did this happen and what is going on? I mean, but when things like so much racial tension, you definitely, I mean... That, that was that the day the George Floyd murder and the, the, the week all that shit popped off mm-hmm. was again after I just got this sinus surgery. So I was again like uh, out of commission just laying on my, my floor uh, with my head, my feet propped up and stuff. And I just watched all of it. And it was, you know, it was like 10 miles from my house, people lighting buildings on fire in yeah. protest of watching uh you know a man just get knelt on to death so i mean stuff like that you obviously notice and there's a definite tension in the air but 
I mean, I don't, I don't think you walk out your door and life's, I mean, right now, pre-pandemic, I don't think you can really notice a difference. Now, if I lived in a more rural area, maybe uh, you can, because, you know, you see on Instagram, people just throwing racial slurs at people and people getting in fist fights over wearing masks and not masks and like, but I don't really come across it. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. But, but, but nothing like, you know, like nothing like tax wise or people or you, you, you know, laws that he, that, that he passes or whatever he calls these things like executive orders and life changes in, 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 in dramatic ways. Not, nothing like that. Right. Or, <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. I mean, it's just, it's such I, I, kinda, I live kind of a under the radar life. I'm not like yeah. uh, working hard to make sure my taxes are perfect and following every law to the T. You know, I'm kind of just living my own life and not worrying about the law. What? Well, yeah, <laughs> what are you? What are you doing at the moment? I mean, there's obviously not a lot of money coming in right now. So, uh, burning through my savings. Send <laughs> yeah. help! Send help! <laughs> well, I know that feeling. I've I've been I've hardly been working for six months now. So even my yeah. IT, like the IT stuff I do, that gets pushed back all the time because of people, you know, like being afraid of being in a room with each other for a longer amount of time. So I don't know. It's crazy. Like it's crazy times. We uh, so I haven't worked since that mid May, mid March, and uh, you know, Terra gets a little bit of money from merch sales, which I don't want to uh, downplay at all. But when it's all said and done, and I get my one fifth of the profit, it's not a ton of money, but yeah, it really does definitely does help. Mm -hmm. uh, um, on top of that, you know. Uh, unemployment was really amazing. I applied for unemployment and got that, and that that stopped uh, September first. All right. But me, me, me and my girlfriend both got unemployment, so that was uh, really really helpful. Extremely okay. helpful. Yeah. And uh, that stopped September first, and now it's kind of in this weird limbo state where they're supposedly going to decide to. Uh, extend it or give less or something and I just wish they would decide something so everyone that was uh, counting on that could figure out what's going to happen one way or another so it's kind of a weird thing but you know luckily with you know um, I've toured with Tara for 20 years I live pretty modestly um, I don't have any children so I don't have like these super huge expenses so luckily I've saved some money Which was nice to know that when uh, hardcore ends for me, that I have a little bit of money in the bank because I don't have like a retirement plan. But yeah. now uh, I'm going through through that pretty quickly. But it's okay. It, it's going to work out. I mean, whatever, whatever. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that shit just sucks. It's it's like you said. It's like a guy. You got money saved up. You think, ah, oh, maybe I can. I could use it at some point to invest it in something like maybe, you know, like buy an apartment or buy a house or something, you have something you own or something maybe, but that shit is all that, that money's all going down the drain now. Well, not down the drain, but I mean, you can't, you can't build a buffer anymore, you know, it's just. Well, 
it, it, for, me, it's, for me, it's very frustrating. Let me tell you uh, something that, you know, you don't know. And uh, some people in, in my band don't even know. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of how to put the story into uh, context. So I would say over the last, my girlfriend moved out here maybe two years ago to live with me. Yeah. And she had gone to college here and she really doesn't like LA. She never liked LA, but she moved out here just because I didn't want to leave here. And uh, we've, we've considered moving to some different places all along the, the last two years. And I guess when it came down to uh, having six months just to sit at home, Mm-hmm. I've I've realized that I hate the beach. I don't. Uh, basically, to make a long story short, there's there's no nothing for me in LA. Like when Tara started, I it, I had to be here. But yeah. now we have Jordan in Toronto. Chris is in Maine. We just you know, assuming we ever play a show again, we all just fly meet up yeah. and play. So there's mm-hmm. no reason for me me to be here. So we started talking more about moving and. Uh, yeah, yeah, my apartment rent is eighteen hundred dollars for one bedroom, which is holy fuck. It's yeah. yeah, it's insane. So that's another reason. So um, during this, all the insanity going on in the world, my girlfriend was like, uh, "I want to go to law school." And I was like, "Wow, that's fucking insane. Let's do it." Now I said, "You know, because we we had actually talked about." Um, she's from Philadelphia mm-hmm. and we had talked about moving. She's got something for New York and I just don't want to live in New York city. Make a long story short. I was like, uh, Buffalo has a really good law school. She applied and got in. So I have a lease in Buffalo. I'm going back to motherfucking Buffalo in mid November. Oh shit. But <laughs> <laughs> All the way back around. I guess yeah. I guess that's a good thing. I mean, probably much more affordable. Um, I got I, I got a two bedroom apartment that's like not twice as big as the one I'm in now, but closer to twice as big, and it's eight fifty a month, so it's half less than half the rent. So yeah. that's going to help out some with what's going. I you know because I keep hearing we're going to you know tour at some point, but it's later and later and later, and I'm just like. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. And the thing is, I don't know. Well, how you? How do you even? Is there? Would it be easy to move in the middle of a pandemic? I mean, it's 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 a move across a country, right? It's not like you're moving two blocks up the road. Yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I just started calling uh, a Craigslist apartments. Which do you know? You know what that is? Craigslist. No, but I can't imagine what it is. Yeah, I know what Craigslist is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just apartments in Buffalo and I, I just got this one guy on the phone and told him my situation and he was like, Oh, my son lives in California. And he was like, you know, I really want you to have this apartment because I know that, uh, if it's going to be hard to find someone that will rent to you. And I had a friend of mine go over there and do like a FaceTime fucking walkthrough. And mm-hmm. so that was really cool. The apartment was like, Everything we wanted, the neighborhood, hardwood floors instead of rugs, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, there's only one thing harder in Buffalo than the despair record. 
Yeah. The snowfall. The snowfall. The despair, the despair <laughs> record was harder than the snowfall. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, those those were the days. Yeah. Despair. Yeah. I fucked the joke up. You fucked your joke up, yeah. It's not, not very smart, but hey, it's it's a long time ago. You remember that? You remember that tour when in the what was it? It was a despair tour together. What, what, how were those kids called again that you toured with then? They were from Austria, right? They were on. Uh, yeah. Uh, weren't they on? Uh, what was the what was the label called again? Lost. They were lost and found, I think. They they looked like uh, the drummer like, looked like he was five. He was like Sammy, a half a Sammy on stuff. They 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 you remember they had their dad with him on yeah. tour <laughs> yeah. to chaperone him. <laughs> that tour was pretty crazy. When the van broke down in the middle of it, was it Austria, or Germany, or something? Is this the tour? Then you when you crossed the Czech border on your uh, yeah. cognizant mission. <laughs> yeah, remember that. Jesus Christ! Yeah, when uh, when when you guys were gonna play, I think an early version of Brutal Assault or something. This is when is this? 90, 96, 90, 97? I think something like that. We came twice. I think ninety five, maybe. Ninety five. Yeah, and I went. I think who? What was his name again? Jan Schuler did the first part of the tour, and then I did the second part of the tour with you guys. I think right, something like that, like two weeks or ten days. And then when we got to the Czech border, I uh, yeah, and then when we got to the Czech border to cross it, I realized my ID didn't allow me to go in the Czech Republic, and we got rejected at one border, right? And then I was like, just go, just go play the show and pick me up later. I did, just didn't realize it's gonna take like ten hours or something. <laughs> it was crazy, and yeah, I tried to cross the Czech border illegally. Which actually worked out. Remember when I told you guys, wait for me one hour behind the, uh, beyond the border, and if I'm not yeah. there, just drive off. And seriously, I crossed fields through woods and everything, crazy across across fences. Like I mean, I could have easily been shot. I had like these little turrets there with, I guess, no dudes in it. But it was before that they opened everything up. Before they were part of the European Union, and I just remember seeing the yellow van. Through the, through, the, through the trees, and I was like, oh, I just got to go 100 meters down this hill. And it was halfway down the hill, and I was looking if someone, <laughs> if some officer or whatever would see me, and then I see the fucking van drive up, and I'm like, no, fuck, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And you, you reached for your cell phone and said, Oh shit! It's nineteen ninety-five. Yeah, know. exactly. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> I I I spent the night standing in a. I remember, it was somewhere. Like I think it must have been. It was so rural booth. out there. Yeah, it was a phone booth. It was the only thing that had a light too in the whole village, and it got cold up there. It was like in the, in the higher part, I think. And I just started calling people collect on the fucking phone because I was so bored. I called you guys in the festival collect. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, at the, some weird metal festival, and they're like, uh, you have a phone call? I'm like, what? Yeah, I was like, how long, guys? How long is it going to be? And you're like, oh, we're going on after this band. I'm like, oh, God, that is fucking retarded. Yeah, that was that, 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 were, that were the early days. I remember when uh, you guys played one of the last shows I put on, right? I think in Hairland. Must have been one of the last shows of tour. I remember you guys staying for two days or something, or three days. You had canceled shows or something. I don't remember something like that. You went to yeah, you, and you left the you rest of like the me. You had like a born from pain house with Walter. Yeah, so yeah. I remember. I think I slept on his floor or something, and uh, 
I feel like we played like a squat when people had like cans with fire in them for lights and stuff like that. Yeah, what's something like that? That is actually, you remember you guys played that, uh, that anniversary show, that Bon Pain anniversary show, 10 years, 15 years or something? That, was our, that is actually that was our first show ever, right? In Europe, Terry's first show ever. No, 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 no. That was, that was the Sense of Time release show. Ah, uh, right, right. I know what you're talking uh, about, yeah. Yeah, after that, 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 that proper venue, that, that venue was actually the squad before that. The, the, the city place. the city did that up made it into a venue and that so you actually played that venue years before when it was still a squad that was crazy that was I like that, the second time better yeah oh really no well you <laughs> actually played the squad twice didn't you you played it with despair once and with feeding the fire and then you played it play, no that wasn't uh, that wasn't the other that wasn't the other thing that wasn't the uh oofen bunker and the accident g I don't know. Fuck it. Doesn't matter. But it was, uh, yeah. No, that first, that first, that first terror tour was um, was actually Sands of Time um, release show. Remember, I got the. Uh, I, I guess I think we we uh, when you were on your on your way out to um, from Buffalo when you uh, when you were moving and on your way down to whatever you lived in Phoenix for a while, right, or Arizona, and then on your way to LA, I think we lost touch for a little bit. Or weren't touched that much, and then Kitzel gave me the, or you sent me the, uh, the terror demo, and that was right before we were doing Sense of Time, and I was like, "Fuck, why don't we just get him out here and have him play with us for that, uh, for that thing?" And then Mark oh, MD, Mark MD caught wind of it, and he was like, "I'm putting these guys <laughs> on the Biohazard tour because they, Paul for Pain already paid for their flight tickets." <laughs> Hey, but good for you guys. It was, I think the, the, the Biohazard tour was pretty good for you guys too back then, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, we came over. The first show was your record release show. And then you and Theo took us up to the UK for a couple shows, which yeah. I imagine was because of great ra uh, radius clauses with the almighty Biohazard. And yeah. then... Uh, yeah, it could be. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, yeah, then, you know, for the first time in our lives, we were in a bus, and it was Biohazard, Caliban, Terror opening. I remember And, that. I mean, for us, we had been a band for, I don't even, Low Solo must have been out, I'm, uh -uh. I'm guessing. No? All right, so we have a demo. We've been in a band for six months. We're on a fucking bus tour, and uh, Biohazard definitely wasn't at their peak, but they were still, you know, those yeah. shows were like, 800 people a night like yeah, I, it was still doing really good mm -hmm. i had never done anything like that in my life and just tara patrick was on the tour like it was just like a whole new world for me so insane. <laughs> yeah. i remember actually you we did the first show was the born from pain show uh the sense of time release show in in, in landcraft and then we I think we played another show up in Holland. They went to England, and the last show was in the the Hall Hall in Arnhem. Remember that venue? Uh, the really, really, really steep stairs in the backstage. Oh, those stairs are not good when you're drunk. No, no, that, that, <laughs> that's what that's what Biohazard came and picked you up with the with the bus. Remember, that's when you switch from van yeah. to bus. Yeah, they drove up with a huge bus there. He was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah, yeah. I, uh, that venue, I remember uh, uh, Renee took me to his car one time, or a car, and played me the World Collapse demo for the first time, and I got like 
goosebumps. I was like, holy shit. Like that yeah. demo and that first singer, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that might have been that. That might have actually been, that might have even been that show. Or that might have been too early, maybe. I don't know. Too, so. Yeah, no, could have been. Could have been, right? Yeah. So, um, so, so we're old. What? So we're old. All right. You, Wait, of you, ready to old. you ready to pause? And I'm going to hijack your podcast? Sure. I got a prop here. So before <laughs> you called, before you called, I was going through my records because like right. I said, I'm moving, trying to like organize. Yeah. So I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold up about 10 records. You rate them one to 10. All right. 10 is, 10's a masterpiece. One is uh, not good. Uh, eight. Okay. I guess I'll say them in case people can't see. All Out War, Truth in the Age of Lies. First one was Agnostic Front. Right, yeah. Uh, wait, what Liberty album was it again? Liberty and Justice. So that was an eight. All Out War, Truth in the Age of Lies, nine. <laughs> Do you like this? Yeah. <laughs> Gangstar, Gang Daily Operations. Nine. I don't like that. Oh, good. This is the repressed cover, but Stigmata Hymns. Ah, nine and a half. <laughs> now this one, I'm curious. This could go very wrong for our, our personal opinions. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Lifetime Hello Bastards. Five and a half. I like the early stuff better anyways. Leeway. Eh. Seven and a half. There's never huge in leeway. Really? Nine and a half. Really? Are we? Are, do, do people? Do people still? People that just listen to the podcast. Do they still know what we were holding up? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, thought, I thought it was video too. So yeah, you are. Leeway, leeway, born to expire, was a seven and a half. New York hardcore, where the wild things are, is a nine and a half. Now we're going straight to Europe. Dead stop, dead stop, dead stop, done with you. Uh, eight and a half. All right, let's see if we can get a 10 out of Rob. Let's see if we can get a 10. Integrity, those who fear tomorrow. Uh, it's, that, that's, that's also a nine and a half. Oh, what's a fucking 10? You got you to gotta hold up the right album, my friend. Yeah, what's, what's the right album? Um... Killing Time, Brightside. Can't argue that. Agnostic, Agnostic Front, Victim in Pain. Chromax, Age uh, of Coral. Yeah. Al albums uh, I grew up with, basically, and Killing Time. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, nine. Well, that's, I mean, nine and a half is pretty damn close for, for Those of Fear Tomorrow, isn't it? You know? All right. Well, it's, <laughs> so you, you just went through your records or what? I'm uh, going through what I want to keep and what I haven't listened to in ten years, so I can. You can see ditch if someone it. Someone else wants. Someone else wants to have it in their collection. Talk to your friend Patrick. He's every time he's here, he's going through my collection and wants to buy records. Really, I, I would have no idea he would do that. I swear <laughs> to God, when I when I moved in with him, one of the first things he did was just put didn't. Not like he needed to ask me, but didn't ask me, didn't say anything. I went somewhere, I came back, I had like a couple 
classic bins of records. They were separated I, in a pile. These are the records I want. Let's yeah. do this. No, hey. like, Listen, this I recognize this very clearly. When he was staying here, like when, when uh, around the time he was taking care of his mom a lot, he was staying over here for weeks on end sometimes. I came home sometimes from work after a week of work. And it would be the same thing. He had a little stack of records <laughs> on the table and he goes like, these are the ones I want. Name your prize. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> he did talk me He did talk me into selling some of them, but, you know. Oh, man. He's a shit. I just give shit away. I think. Yeah. And now, dude, do you see what T-shirts sell for now? Oh, yeah. Dude, dude, I, I was trying to get shirts from people from back in the day that I thought like, ah, then they're going to give them to me. I'll put them on eBay and make money. I need fucking money. So yeah. <laughs> people go like, no, we heard what they sell for nowadays. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> there was a kid, there was a kid on a, you know that band from Chicago Extinction? Yeah. So their drummer selling shirts. He sold a fucking Conviction shirt for like $300. A Godspeed shirt that's Turning Points, get from Turning Points. Yeah, 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 I know what it is. Yeah. $350, and he's selling a, a, Z, a Zero Tolerance long sleeve he expects to get $300 for. I'm like, is, what is this on eBay? Yeah, it's insane. I had a, I, I recently sold a, a, an Integrity Humanities the Devil Tour shirt from here, from Europe, from I think at 96 or 90, 95. I sold that for. I think a hundred bucks or a hundred and twenty, just in a in a group somewhere, and I thought that was steep. But you gotta put that shit on eBay, and let the yeah. whole world see it. Fuck, and I gave so many shirts away. I, I remember when we we did like um, feeding the fire reunion shows like years ago, like fifteen years ago or something, and I had these. Um, I had these uh, longer ago, maybe twenty years ago. I had these. All these revelation shirts, you know, like no for an answer, bold, uh, and a, a, a uniform choice wishing well shirts. And I was like, <laughs> I was selling them for 10 bucks at the show. And I was like, I think back now, I'm like, you're so insane. First yeah. off, the, uni the uniform choice shirts, I w shirt, I would have wished I would have kept that anyways, but whatever, you know. I had like a together comp, the rev comps test press. And I sold it to the drummer abnegation for like forty dollars, and I thought that was a steal. It's probably worth like three thousand dollars now. The together, but, yeah. So, <laughs> Talking about that, you uh, you listened to that podcast, that Where It Went podcast? Uh, some of them, not uh, not all of them. <laughs> I somehow I don't know. It got suggested to me, I think, on Spotify or something. So I clicked on it when I saw what it was, and it's crazy because it got me to. I listened to a lot of the episodes the last couple of weeks, and I've just been, I just been, I just been playing old records now. <laughs> it's so insane. Like I hadn't, heard, I, I hadn't put on a side by side seven inch for like fifteen years or something, and it's still hard. It's great, amazing. yeah, amazing. amazing. And then the, uh, the the New York hardcore, the way it is, oh, insane. That super touch song. <laughs> I, I would I, take the breakdown. I would take for a best track, but you, yeah. you really can't lose on there. The no. today songs are great. Super Touch is great. The uh, dead, um, the dead serious side by side song. Yeah, uh, but I love everything. I love I love nausea too. I like that on there. It's hard. And what about Old. the uh, 
What, what about the, cra the, the Crackdown song? The, the, the Warzone skit? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you, yo. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> people don't do that anymore. Why don't people do that anymore? You should, you should, you should do that on the... You should do that on the next on the next terror record. Do a sketch, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> do it. Do a sketch with Jordan. His whole life's a skit. <laughs> Poor Jordan. That dude, that motherfucker got he got pandemic too. He moved to New York City right before this shit all popped off. So he what? Moved he, all his shit there. He lives in New York now. Nope, but he did for about a minute. He Ugh. moved there with his his girlfriend right before the shit. Found a, an apartment in Queens. Moved all his stuff there. Gave up his apartment in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, the shit hit the fan. He uh, left and went to. This could be a little bit off. Went back to Toronto and lived like in the woods to stay away from everybody. Like I think his sister has like a ski cabin. She let him like live there for for a month or two. Yeah. And now I don't, I don't want to say he lost his apartment because I'm not really sure of the details, but just the other day he went and got his stuff and is, is now back in Toronto. So. Jesus. And he, and he, and he moved back to Toronto just because of the pandemic. Yeah. I think the apartment, because they were, they were paying for it for some, but their landlord was making him still pay, but they couldn't be there. And like, I don't know. I don't know the whole story, but crazy. He definitely, he definitely, uh, financially got fucked that is yeah that, that that sucks yeah i was actually uh me and my girlfriend were gonna move out to um uh to aachen actually and um you think you're ak say what you think you're ak <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh um nah, I then like you know we 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 had to we had to we had everything signed and everything and then this shit hit and everything like literally every day like we came back from that trip we did to the US and Mexico two weeks after I was supposed to go on tour on rebellion with with Mabel that got canceled then uh, my work got canceled Hey wait 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 when were you in the US I mean I saw you but when was that That was like uh, end of January. Really? Okay, okay. End of January, I think, into February. It was like a month for, before or like three weeks before everything. I got like um, our guitarist there. He, he filmed everything and he, uh, he had a, he kind of cut together a road movie kind of thing from it. And it has on the airport, it has all these signs that said, hey, new disease from China, watch it, you know, don't whatever, be careful, you know. And like, and we were all, when we saw those signs at the airport, we were like, yeah, whatever, you know. That's, and then it's no idea that that was going <laughs> to determine the way we live for the God knows how long now. So and we, I guess we came, we, we were back right in time from the States, but that shit got canceled. And then my work got moved or canceled. And then all the shows got canceled. And basically, you know, I've been, uh, what I did do is uh, a friend of mine has a, has like a, a grill place, like a hamburger joint and fries joint. Like I've been, I've been, I've been delivering, delivering food for him. Like not now, but I used to do it in the, in the midst when it was like the, the, the big, the big search. And, uh, I mean, luckily, fingers crossed. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't been tested, but I haven't been sick. I haven't had nothing. So uh, not even a fever, nothing, not a cold, anything. But that was in that period. That was the only way I got money. 
besides selling some merch and stuff like that, you know, but it's crazy. It's just, I don't know, it's, this shit's got to stop soon. You got to find something. I don't know, this is not, this is not good. Because, uh, yeah. Oh, what's going on, buddy? Oh. Hello? Yeah, you're, you're there. Someone was calling me. Oh, God damn. But, um. Someone from Florida. Oh, shit. Oh, you, what? How do you know it's from Florida? It's, it was, uh, I don't know. It said the, it, the phone number and it said Coral Springs, Florida. Oh, all right. I got this thing called an iPhone, Rob. It's got a lot of great features on it. <laughs> you can't convince me of an iPhone. <laughs> can't convince me of an iPhone. But my, but my girlfriend just said, I can't, I can't put my headphones on because I'm charging my phone. I realized that there's only one input in an iPhone, seemingly. So I don't know what the fuck that is all about. But. Do you want to know something crazy? What? That you say that? I have an iPhone 6, which is the last, uh, I don't know for sure, but it has where you can charge it and have your headphones in. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, for years, not wanted to get a new phone. How's it that? Yes, just for that. And yeah. my girlfriend constantly is like, you need a new phone, you need a new phone. Finally, my phone is not like charging correctly. So I have an appointment to go to the Apple store tomorrow and I'm going to get what you just described. Only can charge or headphones. And I'm not happy about it. That's so crazy. I've, I've, I've been doing these Samsungs. Obviously, you Americans don't do that stuff. But um, I've been doing this Android uh, Samsung for years now. And they, they just put out, or I guess it's already been out for a while. I got a new phone too. They have a huge phone now, like it's it's too big, like it doesn't even fit my fucking pocket. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put half a laptop in my pocket. So I had one ver one version down from that, which was way cheaper, but it doesn't have a specific button. It has a soft touch button where you activate the screen with it. It doesn't have it anymore. So and I'm so used to it that I just put the new phone in the on the shelf. I'm not even using it. I was like, fuck. Yeah. This is this is just. It's just how used you are to something, right? But I mean, not being able to charge and listen, put your headphones in, that's crazy. Like, well, can you imagine, says, imagine being in a bunk, having to charge your phone, wanting to listen to music before you fall asleep? Well, everyone says there's an, a $5 adapter, so you can do both oh. at the same time. But oh. um, I refused to get an iPhone for so long just out of stubbornness of having a BlackBerry. And within a week, Blackberry. I was like, that was so stupid. The iPhone is so amazing. So. Yeah, Blackberry. Yeah, that was my pre-phone too. Blackberry with a with little rolling ball on it. Yeah. <laughs> Those used to fuck up so easily. And then, well, luckily yeah. here, you, you, I could just send it in. I get a new one. I guess Blackberry were very good with that, but I don't even know what happened to Blackberry now. I think they're still around, but fuck that anyways. Yeah. Was, no. your, was your moving to Hockham? Just to open a bar with AK still, or was that fancy over? Well, listen, I, I still, it, it, well, first off, it was not the reason. It was because my girlfriend works in Aachen, and she has like a long commute of like two hours. So we were like, fuck that. And Aachen is just across the border, as you know, from where I'm from. So I was like, okay, you know, like then, then just move, move closer, but stay in Germany for tax reasons and stuff like that, uh, which I figured out by now is, is not that advantageous anyways but whatever but um 
no, that wasn't the reason. But uh, I still like she shut that idea down straight away. She was like, "Let's open a bar. Let's open a bar." Then I got really serious about it. And she was like, oh, "I can't do it." <laughs> yeah. uh, that's that's how that's that's how people plan, you know. What's the bar directly across from the SO36 Franken Bar? Franken, yeah. I always tell Errol I'm going to buy the Franken Bar and be his competition. He's like, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> Franken, oh my God! I had some drunk times in there. Sure, you, sure. You. That that is a that is a that is the, when you're on tour with a band and you have a bus call somewhere at night. That's if you know you're not going to stay till early in the morning and you have to leave at like three or four. That's the worst place to have a bar. It's a tour manager's nightmare. It's a fucking a non-cigarette smoker's nightmare. <laughs> oh yeah, oh that's right. I rem- remember when you were. Uh oh. Remember, like no, this. no, you. It was when we were two with Dude Core. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell the people what Dude Core is. Well, the, the the tour you're referring to is when Born from Pain had their greatest frontman ever, me. Yeah, for a month. <laughs> Dude Core is uh, it's a way of life, man. I don't know how to explain it. What was the band from a second story window? From a second story window. And and I believe they self-dubbed themselves as Dudecore and had shirts that said Dudecore, kind of like hardcore, emo-core. Uh, yeah. They were Dudecore, and we were like, what the fuck is Dudecore? And we're like, oh, that's Dudecore, and we kind of like it. In all honesty, <laughs> those guys were dudes. Like that, yeah. that, You remember that, what was it, that bassist? He was like the biggest, like he was... I don't think I've seen a more typical frat boy than him ever. Yeah, we call them Dai Dudeliness. Who was the two win again? That was what was that? That was um, that wasn't that wasn't persistence. That was what was that other? Hell on Earth. It was Walls of Jericho, Born from Pain, All Shall Perish. I think. Yeah, All Shall Perish. With AK as their merch person or tour manager or something. It's probably merch person, but she was here. She would say tour manager. Yeah, um, it was definitely merch person. Carl Carl Beekner and Freya. Oh, yeah. Guy Doodliness and from a second story window. And fuck, we're probably forgetting one band. There's probably one band. What's it? Maybe a band. Guy Doodliness was opening, I think. <laughs> Remember that show when we were all wearing that hoodie on stage? And they were all like super, super happy about it. <laughs> yeah, dude. But uh, I don't know. Like that uh that tour was that tour was pretty crazy though. Remember remember the first day in Frankfurt when first off someone called Scott Vogel said, Oh, we gotta we gotta we got it stainless. You gotta play that song. It's one of my favorite songs of Sands of Time. And then we ended up playing it and after that <laughs> it's like this song is too long. We're not playing it anymore. Like we never played that song. We just did it because you wanted to do it. But whatever. Remember in the bus when at the first day there at that show that when Carl Beekner tried tried to was actually questioning us about Hatebreed and what year was that anyways? Was it like two thousand eight, I think, or seven? It must have been something Sorry. like that. Like when Hatebreed was right. like massive, and he went like, Hatebreed, how are they do? Are they doing good? Like, are they still around? <laughs> I think he asked whether they were still around. <laughs> That's so awesome. I don't know. Must have, must have lived under a stone for a while. It was a good tour, though. Are you, uh, do you still live in the apartment that I stayed with, that I lived in for a couple of weeks with you? 
Yeah. Yeah. So one one time, I needed a place to stay in Europe between tours, and Rob opened his doors to me, and I stayed with him. And uh, Born from Pain was doing some Christmas shows because this was around Christmas. Yeah. And I think at the first show, you guys played, and I was just there to not tour manage or do merch, just, no, to, just to drink. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you guys were ready to leave the first show and you couldn't find me and you found me like laying on the ground somewhere. We were, we were playing, I remember where we were, we were playing Karlsruhe and it was the first day. Oh, of, I, of, I like of the, it there. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good venue. And um, it was the first day of a six day trip between Christmas and New Year's. And <laughs> we, <laughs> we end up playing the show. I get drunk, you get drunker. And... Now, I think Harold was with us, I think, and he wants to leave. And he's like, he's like, I want to fucking leave. He's getting annoyed and everything. And he's like, let's leave him. Like, I, I can find Vogel. I don't know where he is, you know. <laughs> and then people started walking around and someone found you two blocks up laying in a park somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, like, why? <laughs> fucking. That was then we went to the hotel and I broke things. I'm a fucking loser. Yeah, yeah, that was... That was that was that was your finest hour. Uh, that was a it was a fun trip though. That was a good trip. I liked it. Um, I remember uh, we we had that we had the whole van full of people somehow. Did we have Lucas with us to do merge or something? Lucas, <laughs> is that the the drummer? Yeah, Pucas. Yeah, but if he wasn't playing drums, he was doing merge. no no no. He was doing merge or something. Harold was doing. Harold was driving. I think he was doing merch. That must have been something like that. It was something like that. I just know the whole van was full of people. That's it's it's that does never happen anymore nowadays. Too much, too tight. Who the fuck did I did I tell you we played two? We played actually a couple months ago. We played a couple shows in Czech Republic and in uh, Slovakia because they said, well, you know, we didn't have that many cases and our situations. Of such in such a state that you can that you can come and play and do stuff, you know. So we did it. Got a lot of shit for it too, but you know, like it, it is what it is. And um, how how were the turnouts? They were good. Like it was two open airs, and um, they were they could let in a thousand people maximum. Like I think the one the one festival they was a little hardcore festival. I don't think they would have they would have not sold more tickets anyways. And, um, but they were sold out and then there was a, a bigger, like punkish festival and they had to reduce it. Usually have three, 4,000 people They reduce to a thousand. But other than that, they, they, they didn't need to separate from each other. They didn't need to wear anything in front of their mouth. But I, I mean, we were on stage anyways and backstage. So, I mean, I try to, we kind of tried to steer clear from it, but, um, we, one of, we played one of them, we'll risk it. And, uh, that was actually great shows. Like the shows were awesome. It's crazy. If uh, so, you said you got a lot of shit for it. If if uh, if a venue in the middle of Germany, let's say Berlin, let's just say somehow, some way, So Thirty Six did a show today. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's not a fair question because I think a ton of people would go. Because yeah. they have they haven't been to a show in so long, mm -hmm. but there would also be a ton of people that would say this is completely uh, irresponsible and you're a yeah, fucking exactly. asshole. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's exactly how it is. Like we get obviously you get good feedback, and then there's these, then there's those people, and I guess I understand in a way, you know. But like you also got to understand. Um, first off, I mean, obviously, I'm we're not making uh, a million bucks with playing these shows, but every penny that comes in right now, especially in my pocket, not not a lot of money coming in. That that's good, but I wouldn't do it if it was if it was irresponsible. You know, it's the thing is um, if. Uh, I guess everybody who thinks a lot about this and who's doing the numbers there and who's keeping an eye on, on health situations, if they say this is, a res- this is a responsible thing to do, we we think under these circumstances, I mean, would you, I mean, I think a lot of people would go and play maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe some people wouldn't and that that's fair enough too. But if people tell me, hey, um, this is a situation where we think this is good, I mean, Governments there are, not even governments, but health organizations there are not smarter than health organizations in Germany or in Holland or in Belgium. So who, if they, because I always compare it, right? If, if at some point they say in Germany or in Holland, okay, now we're good to do shows again and you can touch each other, you can do whatever the fuck you want. How many people, are all these people and also going to say, okay, I'm not coming to the show until I'm 100% sure? I mean, when, when are you going to draw the line? When is the time to go play your show again? You know what I mean? Well, for me, it's super easy because this thing really fucked my ear up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. As, as of about 10 days ago, I still have antibodies. So, you know, I keep getting tested myself yeah. every month just to see if I still have antibodies. But I wouldn't go and take that away. And I'm not even sure if that's 100%. I, I don't know anything. But me personally, I... Mm-hmm wouldn't play a show if my life depended on it right now because yeah. when this virus got inside of me and it fucked my ear up if it happens made my ear worse or my other ear or something else for me it's just not even worth it so yeah i'm yeah. not telling anybody what to do but i know from my personal experience mm-hmm. how much this can affect you and maybe it takes a person to see it that close whether it's themselves mm-hmm. A family member, something like that. So, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah, I get that totally. The thing is, like, how would you just, just, I mean, looking at your situation, how you just describe it, what would you, would you, I mean, if you want to be a hundred percent sure, I mean, even if, 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 if it's being said by health organizations, now you can, now you can do it, now you can go do stuff again. We got this under control, whatever, you know, like. When would you say, okay, I'm going to go out with terror again then? Because that might, that might, if you say I want to be 100% sure, I mean, when can you be 100% sure even? Are you even yeah, going to go out I mean, again, ever? I mean, I hope to God so. But uh, I don't even think it needs to be 100% sure because if you live like that, you're never going to leave your house. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I know you agree yeah. with that too. Yeah. Go and you're, I mean, every time you drive your car, there's a chance. Uh, anytime you, I mean, every time I take a breath, it, my heart could stop, my lungs could stop. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. Old age, but uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if 100 percent is the the thing. But I mean, I also live in Los Angeles, which uh, this could be wrong, but maybe the worst, most COVID cases in uh, the world, maybe. Um, you know, California is definitely the, uh, the the worst state has has had the most cases in the United States. 
and Los Angeles is the worst city. So, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a tough one, but I, I just know me personally, I'm not trying to go around any, uh, like getting a group of people right now. I mean, I'm not crazy. Like when I, no, no, I go no. outside to take my, my guard, I, I walk, I take walks and bike rides all the time. And mm-hmm. I'll have like a mask around my down here. So if I get near people, I put it on, but it's like when I'm walking down the street in the suburbs, I'm not like, uh, I don't know the right word, overly extra, extra cautious, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are There are some people in my complex, like I see them when they go to take their garbage out, they have a mask on. And I'm the, I would say it's better to be safe than sorry, but I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. Because I'm just wondering, you know, like it's, it's going to be a hard thing where people are going to be, be drawing the line, you know? Because, I mean... Also, these venues, because this is all a domino effect, you know, like these venues also when people, when government starts saying, okay, you can, you can do this again, this is allowed, you know, even if it's, uh, even if it's in a lesser form, you know, like uh, maybe you can, instead of a venue where you can fit 400 people in, you can fit 200 in now or whatever you do. I wonder if people are going to come and when the point is when people are actually going to come, you know, because that is also affects the venue again, even after the fact when they are allowed to open up again or put on shows again, you know? So this, I think this is going to drag on for a while. I think the only even, thing, I, I think the only thing that's maybe not going to drag on where, where we can maybe expect maybe in a, in a little bit in a, in a smaller form where you can expect to see shows again is maybe next summer open air. That might happen right. because it's open right. air, you know? Right. Uh, to like, if a venue lets in 200 people out of 400, how and you know you can obviously have a good hardcore show with 200 people in a 400 cap venue but uh that means they're all climbing on each other's heads so how does this all work and i mean i'm a the type of person that plans everything i'm always scheming and having lists and we're going to do this i'm going to do this and it's really taught me like you just can't plan anything you just have to fucking let things unfold like there, there's there's really no way to figure this out and the the big the big fuck you from god to me on this is like this should have been the time like you know minus financial stress this should have been the time where i'm like having the most relaxing time of my life where i'm not traveling i can be reflecting i can be uh you know not in tour mode and instead i've been in what the fuck's wrong with my ear mode how do we fix this mode so fuck you know obviously obviously a lot of there's no plans to travel there's no worrying about this or that a a lot of it's been alleviated but i can't like a lot of people uh that are in full-time touring bands they're they're uh getting a real positive experience out of this on uh you know with a lingering bad experience also mm-hmm. I, I, it's hard for me to even get that partial good experience out of it so it's been kind of fucking not good man not good <laughs> oh yeah no I, I, I see what you're saying I do have to say though I do have to admit I was kind of relieved in that first month like when you when when your whole agenda your whole calendar mm-hmm. was free all of a sudden no obligations anymore at weekends. No obligations during the week anymore. Even my social social calendar completely got wiped. So I was like, 
I caught myself looking at my fucking phone into my calendar, like what what is on this weekend, and even socially nothing. And it was it was amazing, just not having to do anything. It is kind of nice. Uh, a lot of people hit me up and they're like, "Oh my god, you must be freaking out. You must want to go on tour right now." And I'm like, "No, nope, no, 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 no. sir, no." Because you, 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 you guys got a little bit uh, less with that, anyways, right? What do you mean? Well, touring. I mean, you, you guys don't do the 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 the, the really crazy amount of times uh, anymore than you used to. Yeah, we probably used to tour eight or nine months a year. Now it's probably four or five. So yeah, that's a, it's a it's and, a, it's healthier. Yeah, we did a last summer. We did like a six week tour with Stick to Your Guns. Woo I mean, we used to do that like without blinking an eye. I was like, this this is fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, I mean, I've. That one tour that we did in Europe, we trapped under eyes and stick to your guns, yeah. terror and born from pain. That tour was what seven weeks? I was gonna say eight, but maybe seven. Yeah, it might have been eight. I mean, at the end of that tour, two people left left born from pain because they couldn't handle the touring <laughs> anymore. And I mean, you might remember I did one and a half weeks, then I had an eye operation, came back after ten days on the tour, and then left again to have another eye operation because the first one wasn't that successful, I guess. Um, so it's crazy that in the in the in the in the in the stretch of a tour you can go have an operation on your eye and then come back and get back on stage and then have to go back again. It's so insane. Like that was that that's that, that tour on that tour a lot of stuff broke <laughs> mentally and physically. Yeah. I don't broke know. Insanity. And it was that that tour was too crazy. I think you wanted to do every country in Europe or something like that, right? Which don't think in the end was, happened, but was it me or Mark wanted to do every country? It, in all reality, it's probably you. <laughs> Mark probably said, "This, this is not good. Let's not do this." Oscar, <laughs> and you said, "No, I want to do everything. I want to go everywhere." And Maybe but, I said, "Don't book every show in Germany." And he said, "All right, I'll fucking show you what that's like." I'll just book four and a half weeks out of eight there. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I'd rather play show show in Germany than I play one in Portugal. Hey, no disrespect to Portugal, but you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, hey, you, you you recently you put out that uh, that buried alive seven inch, huh? We did. Yeah. How, how did you, how did you get back to doing buried alive? Anyways, I mean, you did. I think you did a reunion show a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. Um... Two, two members of the band, the guitarist Matt and the bass player Joe, I probably hadn't talked to in 15 years since the band broke up. Um, Jesse and Scott Sprague, you know, I stayed in touch with and everything was good there. But um, Sprague. <laughs> when when uh, World Be Free, another band I do, played in Buffalo with Judge, uh, the, whole, the whole band was there. And that was the first time I had seen those two in... You know, uh, we ended up in the basement of the club um, drinking and uh, just kind of catching up. And, you know, I probably said, you know, I know I'm a little crazy. And they said, you know, we're a little crazy. So we, we just got all that out of the way and, and kind of got drunk and laughed and, and had a good night. And I, um, I've been asked several times, will, will Barry Delive play a show? No, 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 no. I was always just like, no, no, no. 
And then after that night, I was like, you know, it might be cool to do it. So uh, Joe Hardcore had been asking us to play this, but this is hardcore. So I think I let him know, hey, I saw these guys. Maybe it's a reality. We all got on the same page. We played the show. And then we played a couple shows in Buffalo. And then we played out here in L.A. Um, and, yeah, those guys would get together and practice or uh, write songs. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I want to say they wrote about six songs. But to be totally transparent, it's still really a headache. It's still a lot of uh, different ideas being pulled in different directions. Uh, uh, everybody has kids in the band except me maybe you know there's there's real jobs there's children there's families there's wives and um at first i was a little more excited that we would maybe do some touring and and uh not not real touring but like some weekends and yeah maybe come, come to europe or go to japan but the reality set in that it's not as easy and that we're not all really on the same page and not, not in a, like a, a bad way. It's just a reality. So we got two songs done. Um, it took a while and it was, uh, kind of, uh, a headache to get two songs done. And, uh, we figured the best way to do it is just put them out. So, um, yeah, I, I honestly, uh, I'm not, always over the top about talking how great my bands are but i think they came out really good and i'm, I'm happy it happened i would say yeah yeah it's a, it's a good release i like it it's good are you still Thank doing you. stuff world, world world be free still does stuff or no yeah we've had a record uh, a five song record recorded for red for a long time over a year and it uh, it's supposed to come out sometime in the next couple of months but Pressing plants are really hard to uh, get get shit from right now, just with everything that's going on. So uh, it was supposed to come out this summer, like July, and now I heard November. But it's one of those things again. Like I just don't plan on anything to work out. So yeah, it'll yeah. be out one day. Yeah. So going back to Buffalo, huh? That's mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean. It goes full circle that way, you know? But, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm just not like, even when the world is completely normal, I don't do anything here. I don't, you know, I go to shows, that's it. Like when yeah. you came here, of course, I'll do something like that. But I don't go to the beach. I don't go to bars. I don't go to Hollywood nightclubs. Yeah. I don't care about trying to, Anything you think of in LA, I don't care about it. So it's just like basically being in the worst traffic in the world, paying tons for my apartment. Um, obviously, the weather's really nice, and compared to Buffalo, that's going to be night and day. So I got to prepare for that. But yeah, um, other than that, it's just so many people and so fucking crowded, and kind of over it to be honest. Yeah, and back to watching Sabres games and Bills games. Fuck yeah. I'm down, baby. <laughs> so, what did the Sabres do this year, anyways? Um, Who won the Stanley Cup, anyways? It's going on right now. It's, it, uh, there must be game six or seven or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to act like I, I know, but 
Yeah. Um, the Bills are three and zero. They're playing the the now Las Vegas Raiders tomorrow. Uh, they just beat the L.A. Rams last week. That was pretty cool. So the Bills are looking good. I I think if um the the hockey season got stopped and then they restarted it, but go went straight to the playoffs and the Sabers didn't even make the playoffs. So yeah, but that's uh that's nothing new. So yeah. You, did you watch any? Did you watch any sports when you were when you were out there in LA or no? Like actually go to them. When I yeah. first moved here, I went to a couple of college basketball games, UCLA and USC. I went to the Rose Bowl once. Yeah. And and saw the Rose Bowl. That was cool. I went to a, a Rams Bills game a few years ago. I went to some boxing matches. There's a really cool place here called the. Um, fuck is it called uh oh shit slipping my mind an outdoor boxing place that the, the seating's really cool yeah it's in Car carson the stub hub center and okay. if you're yeah. into boxing a lot of stuff goes on there i went there a few times uh, i saw the galaxy once for a yeah. soccer game and, uh, <laughs> uh, stop but, Yeah, it's it's really back to my personality, like, and LA. By the time you get somewhere, and it takes like hours of traffic, and then to park, and then by the time you get to your seat, you've had like 20 interactions with people you don't want to be around. I'm I'm just very antisocial, I guess. So I've realized I'd rather just sit on my couch and, and stay home and watch something than go yeah, out that's all right. World. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I might be, I might be turning a little bit less social like that as well. But I still like going out, especially watching, uh, go, go out watching football. They've been, they've been doing that. Uh, they've been doing that again. They've been letting people back in stadiums here, but in holiday, cancel it again because numbers went up again. But not like a lot of people. Like I don't know, 25% of the whole capacity or something, with like seats in between and shit like that, because it's all open air. That, that was kind of nice. That was kind of nice for the two games that lasted. But you know, <laughs> whatever. Hey, what um, a world! What a world! Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. Hey, um, I'm just gonna let you, uh, gonna let you do your thing. Okay, I think I'm gonna take a bike ride. Are you? Yeah. Good. Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. It's like it's like midnight here almost now. So. <laughs> I got uh, 2:15, baby. That's great. Oh, it's 11:15 here. I'm going. I'm going back to the couch. Watch Fargo. That's what I'm going to do. Ooh, season four. No, I just hey. started. We just started season one. Really? I never seen wow. it. Wow. Okay. Did you start it because you just saw that season four just came out? No, um, I was actually, I was actually, I was actually uh, having a drink with Dom yesterday, and he said, um, I was saying like I can't find any new series anymore because obviously, due to the last couple of months, you spend a lot of time on the couch, and I, I have a feeling I saw everything that Netflix has to offer. And he goes like, you, you watch Fargo? I'm like, no. I always thought it was, I don't know. I thought, I don't know. It never appealed to me. And he said, you really got to watch it. So that's what I'm doing now. Have you seen the movie? No, uh, I think I might have. I'm not sure. That's great. I mean, the series is amazing. How too. how is how is this movie? Does the movie have anything to do with the series? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, is it the same have, thing? They're, they're, you know how the people have those crazy accents and they're in like Minnesota or whatever. Yeah, it's it's they're they're similar for sure. 
So okay. maybe you should watch the movie tonight and then go back to the series. That would be my advice, but it's not oh, yeah? going to change, change anything. Yeah. How, like, is there neat and all stuff in the movie for the series? I don't think it's need to know, but it's cool to know. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, of that course, makes sense. They, they made the series knowing that some people wouldn't have seen a movie, but when you have seen the movie, you'll put some like, oh, these two things intertwine with each other. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right. the movie, the movie's amazing. Yeah. Buscemi, it's it's I th- great. I think I might have seen it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Have you have you seen that series? What is it called with the with the guy? I I, I forgot the name. Oh, Ozark. You seen that? That's the Jason Bateman thing, right? I'm not sure. No, it's not Jason. Is it Jason Bateman? I don't. I think so. I'm not sure. No, I haven't, I haven't seen it. You I haven't seen I, Ozark? Dude, you gotta watch. I, <laughs> I gotta watch Ozark. It's really good. I did 40 seasons of Survivor, which is insane. What 40 seasons of Survivor? Survivor. Yeah. Let, let me get the, let me get this straight. Survivors where they put put a person out somewhere, or is it is it these teams that have to out survive each other on an island or something? Yes. And then I just watched three three or four seasons of Friday Night Lights, which is like a high school football in Texas. Yeah. Uh, drama shit. Really, yeah. really kind of corny. And uh, now I just started season four of Fargo the other day. Yeah, you you uh you watch stuff like Last Chance You and stuff like that. I've seen that. That's a documentary, right? Yeah. That what I got. Sport? Gotcha. What that, sport is that? It's football. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up! I was like, are you kidding me? You don't know what sports that is? Yeah. No, I I try to I um. I watch a lot of those. What do you call them? Thirty for Thirty. Those ESPN. Oh, amazing! Yeah, great. The only problem is, like, I used to. I think I used to. I used to be able to get a US Netflix because I uh, had this. I um. I had this trick of you know like it's a long technical story, but I had this trick of getting on a mid Netflix thing. I was from the states, so. Um, and I try to do it uh, with, with this other thing I have now, this other software, but it doesn't work anymore. And those 30 for 30, so we're on Netflix, I think. And out here, they're not. So that kind of sucks. But I guess, guess I have to illegally stream them now, huh? <laughs> Isn't one way, you'll find another. Yeah, for sure. Hey, but um, I'll let you get to your bike ride. Thanks for taking your time out. All right, thanks for having me, Rob. Well, of course. <laughs> we'll talk maybe soon. I'll see, maybe I'll see you again today. Yeah, maybe. Maybe in, in real life. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.